Hi everyone, it's Zach again here from the DJB Food Group of Companies. As you may know by now, I work with David Burns. Today we're chatting with David about the increasing importance of developing a great brand within the food and beverage industry. As David always says, a great product is entry level to the start line and a great brand is what will bring you the success, growth and ultimate happiness. In this Food Mentor podcast, we chat about David's business Creme Design, a leading food and beverage product and brand design agency. We discuss the key fundamentals of brand development, including some great successful case studies, some of which David has been involved with these last few years. I hope you enjoy this podcast. This episode of the Food Mentor podcast is brought to you by Creme Design, Australia's leading food industry product and brand design agency. Creme Design develops new products and brands that stand out and help your business grow, regardless if you're a startup or multinational company. Welcome back, everyone, to the Food Mentor Podcast. I'm Zach, and we're here with your host, as always, David Burns. So today we're talking about branding David, and that's part of what we do at DJB Food Group, along with Creme Design. Absolutely. You're always pretty vocal about how developing a great brand is just as important, if not more important, than developing a great product. So what exactly do you mean by that? Yeah, it's a good question, Zach. And how often do I talk about that? Pretty pretty often? Uh, just about every day. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think uh, in 2023 and beyond, you know, it's pretty clear that it's an immensely uh, competitive marketplace out there and having a great product is just uh, absolutely not enough anymore. So developing a great brand to communicate your overall value proposition is is absolutely critical. So, yeah, looking forward to having a good old chat about that, Zach. Yeah, just looking at the supermarket aisles, you can tell just how competitive the industry is. A lot of people that come to us are just starting out, trying to start a new business or a new brand. So if I'm developing a new brand, where exactly do I start? Yeah, it's a good question. Look, I think um, first and foremost, whether 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 you're developing a new product or a new brand or both, it's absolutely about asking yourself the question, you know, how am I going to differentiate out there? How am I going to be different? How am I going to stand out? Because... um, it goes for your product and your brand, but even if you you know got a great product range and you're just redeveloping a brand, the same thing applies. So it's not it's not always about filling a gap in the market with your product. It's also about you know filling a gap in the market with how you develop a brand and take that brand to the marketplace. It's just uh, absolutely uh, critical. I was in the US at Expo West last year, and I was just absolutely gobsmacked at the at the competition. And you go into the supermarkets like. Whole Foods and look at the the drinks fridges and it's just absolutely littered with so many brands. It's just absolutely staggering and they, sure they have different levels of functionality and flavour and pack size, etc. But ultimately, you know, if you had a great brand with a great purpose, which we'll talk about, that's really definitely the differentiator. Absolutely no doubt about it. So when it comes to filling gaps in the market, it's really important to know what problems the consumers face these days and sort of what's not out there in the market that can solve some of those problems. When it comes to developing a brand, how important is it to know your target consumer? Yeah, it's really important. It's critical, but a little bit has changed over the years with this topic. So it's become more about, um, you know, number one, understanding who your primary consumer is for, for your your brand and, you, and your product. Um, and the little bit that's changed, you know, it used to be, you know, talking about the demographic profiling of your consumer, so sort of age and gender. It's, it's a little bit dated now. It's more about their lifestyle and, you know, what they're doing and where they're going. You know, Susan's driving her children to school in the morning, drop, stops at home in the cafe on the way home to get a green juice, um, you know, does her shopping and 
sort of really understanding the intimate detail of their lifestyle is um, is what really sort of d- determines um, you know your profiling of your consumer, not not so much their age and demographic and gender these days. And we're seeing these days that consumers are more concerned with social impact, environmental impact. How much does the purpose play into branding and really meeting the needs of today's consumer? Yeah, purpose has become um, a really, really exciting part in the food and beverage industry. And obviously we talk a lot about the the Nothing Dip brand in recent times and there's other brands too, which we'll talk about later on. But, um, you know, really having a strong purpose within your brand is really critical. Um, just to sort of, in layman's terms, what is that? A lot of people don't fully understand what that actually does mean. So, you know, at the highest level, it really is about um, understand, you know, creating, uh, you know, doing good for the planet and the people um, out there, um, whatever that means to you. And there's some absolutely fabulous, fabulous examples, uh, successful examples of that over the last few years. You know, my favourite would have to be, um, you know, the give, give a crap toilet roll that's created just a fabulous brand and a fabulous story, you know, supporting third world countries with with um, with sanitary and toilets um, and, you know, really just taking the, the most commoditized category on the planet to a whole new level through an exciting um, purpose. Um, there's lots of other elements of purpose. So, you know, this whole um, plastic movement or reduction of plastic movement has been a heightened awareness recently. You know, with the supermarkets in Australia not uh, not giving you a plastic bag anymore, even if you want one, it's all you know, it's all paper bags. So your groceries sort of mm, fall, fall through the yeah. fall through the bottom as you're walking out. But sort of encourage people even more so to to bring their own bags. Um, obviously, you know, single use plastic has become really really uh, a focal point. And you know, then you know, brands like Nothing that are really sort of challenging, uh, you know, plastic use and potential plastic into landfill and uh, our waterways in in the dip fridge has been a great example. Lots of examples of that. Um, there are other ones too. So you know, there, there will be a big movement around the reduction of you know palm oil in in products. Obviously, that's around the sort of deforestation and impacting the potential um, orang- orangutan society. So, you know, really, really important. And all the, all of these purpose pieces resonate very strongly with the younger community. Medium-term demographic profiling of the world is 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 younger. They're growing up with this uh, sustainability purpose component, very, very important. And uh, that's, uh, that's everyone's future customer, uh, consumer, whether you, whether you like it or not. Mm, with, you know, all the access to the internet these days, this generation can really understand which brands are really doing good by the planet. And, you know, they can see through some of the, you know, we talked about greenwashing. You know, you really need a succinct purpose that is actually linked to, you know, real action in the world. If I'm starting out, how do I come to my purpose? You know, if I don't already have that in mind, you know, how do I link that onto my product or my brand? Yeah, well, I think I think this whole this whole branding purpose game has got to be got to be laced with sincere sort of authenticity. Um, so I think you know, develop, developing a brand or rebranding needs needs to needs to fold in something that you know illustrates that you're being absolutely authentic. Um, you know, whether that whether that be um, you know upcycling or saving food waste or doing the right thing by people, kindness, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. As long as you can articulate that um, in an authentic manner, then uh, you know, obviously with a great product because you still need a great product. Then, uh, then you know you got you're going to be significantly advantaged for sure. Mm, and that authenticity ties in, you know, with the sort of social media trends. We had Josh Klein and, and the other podcast talking about, you know, TikTok 
and how authenticity really shines through on that platform, you know, compared to the Instagrams, you know, previously where you could touch up everything, you know, these days it's more about, you know, showing your authentic self, which sort of comes through in the brands and the content creation. And also obviously, you know, your key messages and, you know, activities as a, as a business. Yeah. Look, I personally think that's really important. Um, so we're talking, you know, being the face of the brand, which the vast majority of people don't like doing, um, which is sort of understandable, but people, people, I've seen research that it's very clear that, um, you know, consumers do love seeing the faces of brands and they love the stories. Doesn't matter at all, you know, what you look like or what you think you look like. It really doesn't. Um, yeah, it's just a brilliant, brilliant uh, strategy that I think everyone should deploy. I've even seen, you know, the you know the CEO of Mondelez and some of the larger international FMCG companies on, you know, LinkedIn, you know, with their talking to the camera with the video and letting everyone know that they're, you know, they're a human company. It really is, uh, really is critical, particularly I guess if you have a very strong purpose behind your brand as well. Absolutely. So we've got all these different sort of factors. We've got purpose, we've got brand, we've got, you know, the product itself. It's a lot for someone to take in just starting out in this game. So going back to the most basic thing probably is sort of the brand name. So how do you sort of integrate all these different things or, you know, to what extent do you integrate all these different factors into the name and how do you develop a name in the first place? Yeah, I think it's a good question. I think I think the name is, is less important, right. to be honest with you. I think the name... No- Back to nothing is a is a funny story. I've told it a few times now, but that we came up with that name literally in you know in a couple of minute conversation in the car. It started off with um, nothing, the English word nothing, as in nothing is better for the planet, and it quite quickly became nothing. You know, so and it, that name has ended up being quite quirky and quite humorous. So it's nothing is better for the planet, nothing tastes better. Um, it's got a bit of humour behind it. I think the name itself isn't life-threatening. I think the you know the look of the brand and what the brand stands for is what is is what is of most importance. Yeah. And so the brand name, you know, it's intrinsically tied to the product in some sense, or is it more about that purpose side? Yeah. Look, I think there is. There's definitely um, within the food and beverage fraternity, particularly with uh, startups and small to medium businesses, there's definitely a bit of confusion or misunderstanding around. Uh, you know, your product doesn't have to be part of your brand. Brand. They are your product is your proper product, and your brand is your brand. You don't necessarily need to have your product description in the brand. As you know, it's, I think it is. Um, you know, branding and developing a brand would have to be the most critical part today in developing food and beverage ranges and but the least understood definitely i was um recently at the naturally good show doing quite a few a dozen or more um business pod sessions um you know with half an hour sessions with brands that needed some help in or some advice in one way shape or form there was zero conversations about the brand and what should i be doing with the brand the purpose component or anything like that is all about, you know, my, my cookie is better tasting than that one. Why can't I sell more? And it's really just, um, it's a dated approach. Sadly, it really is. And then when it comes to communicating that brand, obviously the thing that stands out is the packaging. And, you know, obviously we've got some great examples of standout packaging with nothing. Yeah. How do you communicate elements of your brand in the packaging? Yeah. I mean, your, your packaging is your billboard, but um, I'm, you know, as you know, we're very big on, um, an amazing design doesn't necessarily mean it's going to stand out on the shelf, nor does it mean it's going to communicate your your brand effectively. And as we, as we said on the outset, it really is very, very important to uh, stand out on the shelf. That's the Ultimately, that's the number one thing um, when it comes to um, developing packaging. And obviously, 
today, you know, plastic is definitely on the way out. So alternatives to plastic, um, whether that be, you know, products in a can instead of instead of um, PET or, you know, paper dip, paper tub, instead of a plastic tub for dips or whatever it might be. It's uh, I think that's the most understood um, element when it comes to the material for, for packaging. Um, the other thing I would say about packaging is it's got to be convenient, it's got to be functional, it's got to be not frustrating to use. So there's, you know, there's lots of elements. And in a, in a way, all of those components, you know, certainly tie, tie into the brand. Absolutely. I mean, it's so interesting how these packaged goods, some of the brand differentiation actually happens in the packaging, like we have with Nuffin. But you've also got the recyclable um, chocolate bar wrappers and you've got even, I don't know if you're into it, the edible, you know, coffee cups. Oh, that's... <laughs> I've got a few opinions on that, but it is very clever. There's also, um, what was the one I saw in uh, the show in LA, uh, edible, edible, I forget the name of the brand, but it was similarly ed- ed- edible spoons. And I mean, you know, the, ed- the edible spoon with ice cream is a bit of fun. It's a bit quirky, but, you know, I think eating the coffee cup, I'm just not, I mean, while it's clever and it's good for the environment, I, I'm just not sure that mm. would be a thing <laughs> right now anyway. Compostable options, recyclable <laughs> options, you know, so important for reducing uh, plastic waste. It's true. It really is true. One thing, one thing I would say, um, just with um, you know brand development, I think it really is important to do a couple of things to help people develop a brand. Number one is um, when you're talking about what you want your brand to mean and what you know the essence of your brand. You know, do that. Take your product out of the picture. So if you took your product away, what do you want your brand to stand for? Really, really good exercise. And also, um, you know, develop three words um, that you want your you want to represent your brand and any communication or imagery that you're going to use in your marketing and communications always falls out of those three words you know whether that be you know luxurious landscapes or whatever it might be um, really important and really good way to stay true to the brand and stay consistent with your communication and messaging nothing more frustrating than seeing sort of conflicting uh, conflicting messages or images with a, with a brand so yeah, consistency is uh, is really really important as well. So that's sort of how you tie the the brand in with the consistency is you know having those those key terms that you always link back to. Yeah, no, totally. I think so. I think it's good. I mean, um, yeah, and also you know the, we spoke about it earlier on the face the face of the brand is key. I think you know, and all of this conversation today is all through the lens of differentiation. So you know, you've got to be different. Being better isn't good enough anymore. You know, really really understand in detail what's going on in the marketplace, both from a product. And a brand point of view, and um, you know that's how you that's how you develop great stories, great value propositions, and that's how you that's how you're going to stand out for sure. And another standout example we have as a client is Solomon's Gold. Yeah, and, you know, removing that product, which is a delicious dark chocolate, mostly dark chocolate range. Yes, fair trade. Yeah, chocolate trade. Yeah, it's a great story actually. It's a, and it's a classic classic example of a great brand. And whenever we're talking about Solomon's Gold, there's two parts to the story. First part is is actually the purpose part. So yeah, you 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 nailed it there. It's um you know single origin from the Solomon Islands social enterprise, paying local growers a premium. I think we've got a hundred thousands of people employed in one hundred growing communities, keeping that region of the world alive uh, for cacao. Uh, and it's obviously closer to Australia too. So it's you know two and a half thousand k's off the north east coast of Australia. So it's sort of low carbon footprint as well. You know low waste. It just goes on and on and on. And then and then the product itself is obviously fabulous products. So it's free, you know, free from um, bean to bar product, a plant-based facility in New Zealand. So, you know, it's a really fabulous story, which um, when we talk about Solomon's Gold now, we talk for ages about the purpose part 
before we even get to the chocolate. So yeah, that is that is a that is a great example of a uh, you know new age sort of twenty twenty three food and beverage brand for sure. Yeah, and it is a great story produced in my hometown down in Mount Monganui, New Zealand. There you go. So mate. it's great. Yeah, it's a great story. So you know when it comes to that, how do you integrate stories into the marketing? You know the story of the brand and of the product. Yeah, well, I mean, I think um, sort of shifting in now to sort of the marketing and the communication of the brand. You've only got a great brand if you can communicate it effectively. Um, so, you know, back on the Solomon's Gold examples, lots of digital footage and animations of the plantations and the production and the communities in the Solomon Islands, or bringing all the elements of the Solomon's Gold brand that I just spoke about to life through you know great content and video. So, you know, and engaging people along the way and. You know, obviously, uh, as time goes on, there's uh, gets it's more accessibility for that brand, so it's easy to find with Wolves Metro and a, and a few other great stockists as well. So that's that's the story. Yeah, great. Overall, you know, branding is key in this game. Yeah, it is. It is. And just quickly before we finish, let's just do we do a couple of case studies that um, I love from a great brand point of view. Um, we'll wrap through a couple of them. I'd really love the brand Grenade, um, which is a British brand that sold out to Mondelez a couple of years ago. The reason I love this brand is they've got very, very deep, narrow. Well, number one, it's a great product. They started off with really, really good quality, low-carb protein bars, great shiny packaging. But the thing I loved about it was their positioning is really narrow and deep. It's all about the gym, uh, the gym, young young uh, girls and boys dressed in uh, gym gear, and it's all about the gym ultimately. It's all so about it's the gym. U- UK-based. It's a UK brand, yeah, and um, – you know, during COVID, there's quite a quirky, has a sense of humour. During uh, COVID, they had, you know, tanks, you know, lobbying Downing Street and all this sort of stuff. So, you know, really good brand, um, very successful, very quickly over 10 years. And then, and then uh, Mondelez acquired it. So that's a great story. Uh, the other couple I really love is uh, Oatly. I do love Oatly and I love Oatly primarily because of the sense of humour that they have with their marketing. Um, obviously, their position is plant-based and they're always giving the dairy industry a run for their money. They had a you know billboard on the high street talking about all their all the all the things they do for the planet, and they had an empty billboard next door, sort of asking the dairy industry to ask you know what they do. So I think you know really sort of controversial sort of style of advertising and marketing. So that brand is more about how they advertise and market their brand. Mm, yeah, <clears throat> and it's really clever. The other one I really like, which is even more controversial, is um, Liquid Death. Liquid Death is worse than a water brand <laughs> in a can, and uh, yeah, the, the advertising is just uh, is is really left field. You know, murder your thirst with images of. You know, samurai sort of, you know, decapitations, lock, lock, all that, all this kind of stuff. But cartoon, but it is, it is, uh, you know, it does get noticed, and obviously it's got some some backers behind it. But it is a great brand, and um, I saw that brand at Expo West, and everyone was raving about it. And then I discovered it was actually, you know, a can of water. Um, so it just goes to show that, you know, a great, a great, a great brand, um, you know, great packaging, great story, well marketed, and is, um, yeah, ultimately much more important than the product itself. So, yeah. Another one we talk about is give a crap and that's sort of, you know, changing up quite a, you know, mundane category if you like. Yeah, it is. No, totally, totally. We, um, I think that was just brilliantly done. Very, very clever guy that kicked that off and obviously went bonkers through COVID. You know, everyone's still trying to figure out how everyone was trying to, you know, secure all the toilet roll on the planet during COVID. But yeah, and obviously that was, that really sort of took that business to a whole new level and, uh, I just, I just love how a brand can create, um, so, you know, so much success out of the arguably, you know, the most commoditized, you know, product on the planet, which is a roll, roll of toilet paper. Yeah, just, um, just a great, great story. 
yeah, great sort of marketing strategy, but also, you know, it goes back to that idea. You have to go back to the brand, the purpose, and, you know, it's not enough to have the product and the, and the marketing, but you have to have something behind it as well. Yeah, totally. We're in a 100% in a, uh, a brand purpose and marketing world. That's the world we're in. Um, of course, I'm not saying you don't need to have a great product because you do. If you've got a really great product and a great brand and you're different, then you're going to win absolutely, uh, absolutely guaranteed. Yeah. I hope you've enjoyed this podcast. We've got our seven secrets, the branding success that's available on our website and we'll link that into the description. So if you want to work with DJB Food Group to develop your brands, products, and marketing, then go to djbfoodgroup.com. You can find us there, book your free consult in and get a chat with David. Yeah, and also uh, creamdesign.com.au. And as Zach said, on that website, you'll see our seven secrets to developing a great brand. Give us an email or a chat anytime, David at DJB Food Group. And um, yeah, we love this topic and we've done some great work in recent years and we want to do some more. So hope you enjoyed the podcast, as Zach said. All right. Cheers, David. Excellent, mate. Thanks, Zach.